Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. I invite you to remain standing as you are able for a reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gisarnet, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowd from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long and have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they'd done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down on his knees at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from here, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were there were amazed at him at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. As we think about our lives, we look for things along the way that are our constants. Those things that are always there and always present with us. Many people define the constants as death and taxes. Some people mark their seasons with the reporting of pitchers and catchers tomorrow in spring training. Some just count the sunrise and the sun sets. Others might mark time through a groundhog, specifically Punxsutawney Phil. Now I realize I am a week late for my cultural reference this morning and that Punxsutawney Phil rose from his hole in the ground last Saturday, a week from yesterday, and predicted an early spring. But there are different ways that we can mark time, and we all mark them quite differently. We look for those constants, those phrases, those things that help us identify where we're going or what we're doing. If your constant is sunrise or sunset, you may remember the words, Red sky dawn, sailors be warned, meaning that it's going to be a rough day at the sea for those who find themselves out there. Or if it sets at night with a reddish hue, red sky night, sailors delight, meaning the next day is going to prove smooth sailing. But what if you're mired in the clouds of life and it's hard to see the sun? And when it appears, it's only for a brief moment that you wish could go on forever. 
We would like to see the sun on a regular basis. We would like to be surrounded by its light. We would like to mark time by at least a consistent sunny day, at least consistent four seasons. While most people celebrate four seasons in a year, here in Georgia we say, hold my sweet tea, I got this in a week. We mark time. Phil Connors in the movie Groundhog Day marks time by living the same day over and over and over and over and over again. Now, I don't think the writers of the movie Groundhog Day used Simon Peter the Disciple as the foil for Phil Connors in that movie, but I think they share something both Phil Connors in Groundhog Day and Peter in our scripture lesson for today. And that thing is human nature. Peter, who's been out all night fishing, is reluctant to listen to Jesus because he thinks he knows more than Jesus. After all, Peter's built his life upon being a fisherman, and he's fished all the seas. And when Jesus says, cast your nets over that side of the boat, he says, Master, we've been fishing all night. You're asking us to do the impossible. Peter doesn't trust Jesus because he thinks he knows more than Jesus. But Peter also has to acknowledge that nothing is going to change unless he listens to Jesus. Unless he makes a small change every day to renew his life. And we all like to identify with Peter in the scriptures upon that rock which God will build the church... But when we acknowledge that Peter's flaw is that he thinks he knows more than Jesus, well, we're not as quick to identify with a disciple at that point. And we have to ask ourselves the question, who is really in charge? Who is Lord and Savior of the moment? Is it ourselves who are so sure of our own way, of our own calling, that we won't listen when Christ calls us to deeper waters? How many times do we act like Simon Peter, stuck in the same way of doing things? Or, if you prefer, how many times do we find ourselves like Phil Connors, trying to make our own way and dig ourselves out of the same repetitive cycle over and over and over and over again? Perhaps it's worth noting a little bit about that text, a little bit about the scripture in Luke, about who was there, who wasn't there, and what was going on. After all, this story of Jesus calling the disciples is in the synoptic gospels, Matthew and Mark and Luke. But they all share different threads about the call. In Luke's story, for example, the one that Reverend Gray just read for us, The events, the main events, have been the birth of Jesus, the baptism of Jesus, the temptation in the wilderness, the unrolling of the scroll of Isaiah, and a series of healings. But most recently, Jesus has gone off to a deserted place to be alone. Here, in our reading this morning, Jesus is by Lake Gennesaret, which is another phrase, another name for the Sea of Galilee. And he borrows this boat that belongs to this fisherman named Simon. And there he teaches a crowd of people. And when he's done teaching, Jesus just wants to be left alone. But they don't let him be. All the people want is to hear the word of God. 
And so they press in on Christ, and Jesus tries to get further and further away, and he encounters the fishermen out on the sea and tells them to go out into deeper waters. Go out into deeper waters and cast your nets. And after some protesting, after some anxiety, even after some pushback on what Jesus would have Simon Peter do, Simon Peter throws his nets into deeper waters, catches a great amount of fish, so much so that others have to come in and help. Simon's probably doing the math in his head. Well, if I've got three of my guys coming in to help with the fish per poundage, that's so many shekels per fish. I'm going to lose money, but I've got to bring the right number of guys in. We don't get to know what's going on in Simon Peter's head, but he has been fishing all night, has protested against what Christ asked him to do, and now Christ shows up and offers him fish, offers him a sign, offers him a gift and instruction of a new way to live. There are features in this story of Jesus calling the disciples that fit into our understanding of who God is and who Christ is. Christ calls the disciples by name. Christ calls us by name. When we are stuck in that rut of the same way of life, the same way of living, thinking that we're going to wake up every day as Phil Connors did with I've Got You Babe blaring on the radio, and he's going to go downstairs and have the same cup of coffee, predict the same snowstorm, and get caught in a blizzard. We too get caught and trapped in the way of life, looking to break through. And Christ says, go out into deeper waters. Push yourself beyond what you think you know. And we think we know more than Christ to say, but we've been fishing all night. We need a break. We're tired. Give us a sign. And God gives us such a great sign that the fish are multiplied and that we realize that we cannot fish. We cannot work. We cannot serve by ourselves. Simon is reluctant, just as Moses was reluctant, just as Isaiah was reluctant, just as Jeremiah was reluctant. But Simon was obedient. And our hesitation and our reluctance to follow Christ, Christ doesn't say you have to to do this willingly, but you have to do it. You must go. We're in the season now of Epiphany. Epiphany is that time in which we celebrate the gift that Christ gave to us in the church. That manifestation of Christ's work and life and love. Jesus has come to us to reveal to us a new way of living, but he's only able to do so through the witness of us and through the witness of others. Without the reluctant, hesitant disciples who put up a fight, who put up a protest against what Jesus is saying, there would be no story. Throughout the reluctance, the fighting, the hesitation, there is obedience and there is faithfulness. Not just because of what the disciples are able to do, but because of God's faithfulness to us. And we find that the story of Simon Peter is our story. Our reluctance, our hesitation to go out into deeper waters because we think it's unnecessary. 
We don't think it's worth trying something new. We think it's too demanding. But when we cast our nets into deeper waters, beyond what we thought we were able to do, we realize that God is able to do more and that we have a surprise in store for us. And then we find God in the ordinary presence of nets and fish. And we stop trying to make our own way. And we start to follow Christ and to be more like Christ and to be less like ourselves. The interesting thing about Groundhog Day is Phil tries lots of ways to get himself out of the rut. He thinks that if he does enough good for the sake of doing good, he will get himself out of the rut. Instead, Phil begins to enjoy the moment. He takes up piano lessons playing every day, and he goes back to the same teacher every day to get better and better. She's always impressed, especially at the end of the movie when he knows how to play piano so well for being a first-time student. Of course, it's not without his own troubles along the way. Phil robs a bank. He manipulates those around him to get his way, but it's only at the end when Phil decides to start living for others and to stop living for himself that he is able to break the cycle. Maybe we're like Peter. Maybe we're like Phil Connors. Maybe we feel stuck. Maybe we feel tired. Maybe we feel anxious because we've been doing it our way for too long. Maybe we've stopped listening for God's voice to make us one because we think that we are the professionals, because we think we are the ones that are in control. The invitation that Christ gives does not come with strings attached, but it requires our obedience. It doesn't say you have to go willingly or without protesting or grumbling, but we do have to go, and we do have to step out in faith and search those deeper waters. Once we stop living for ourselves, and once we start living for God, we are able to take the routine and the mundane and those things that we think are there to trip us and to trap us, and we find that they are there to give us the hope and the grace that as we pray to Christ to make us one, we realize that the invitation has been there all along. So we pray, by your Spirit, make us one, one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Dear God, by your Spirit, make us one. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We go out into this world as forgiven and blessed people as we pray to be made one with Christ and one with each other. And we do so knowing that God calls us in spite of our grumblings, in spite of our failings, but God still loves us and calls us to follow and to serve. So as you go to serve, to love, go with this blessing. May the peace of Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our arms. And may the love of God, the peace of Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful 
and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.